Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors. 10% discount on your legal fees, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Michael, tell them the good bit. You should be ready for this by now. Can you get a bigger discount yep. by listening to the Phil Hay Monday Club? That's correct. Learning, well done. Yes. Uh, it's 15% on. Conveyancing. And? Wills. And? Probate. All of them. And without further ado, let me refer you to my friend, Mr. Chapman, Moscow White, who has in his hand a piece of paper, which is? It's the new issue of the square ball. So if you ever forget... What Michael's just said, as Michael does as soon as he said it, the back page also contains an advert from Levi Solicitors. And before you get to that, there are like 80 good pages as well. 80? Topped, that seems like far too many. Topped off. I always thought that was the front cover by that the Levi Solicitors advert. I always turned it that way. It's, there, there are other adverts in here, but there's not, not only adverts, there's loads of good things to read as well. And then at the end, when you feel like, oh, that's the best 80 pages I've ever read. And then you close it and you just go like, oh, and a discount. So... It's like, it's the perfect uh, experience. Nobody's ever been through anything better than this. What a hell of a sell. Thank yeah, you, and it's £2.50 off our website, squareball.net. Yeah, cheaper if you subscribe. Uh, or the get, Leicester game. They will be on sale for that as well, which isn't too far away. Yeah, and you can make him say the big three in person, assuming he's not got <laughs> it, someone else to sell and go to the pub. But does enjoy that, doesn't he? Yeah, just um, shout at him, big three. And what do you, do you say back? I take a minute to think, and then I say, Will's probate conveyance <laughs> in a really shoddy manner. Right, that's enough of the selling. Let's uh, get into it then, Paul. It's an Part- cover, isn't it? All nervous, aren't we? Yep. It says on there, all I think, nervous. I feel we missed you for the match, Paul Moscow, because normally we'd come in after a 6-1 defeat and you'd tell us everything was fine. <laughs> I was quite... Uh... We, is this the official resurrection of re- relegation watch then? Are we, are we acknowledging it's real? <sighs> it seems to be, doesn't it? It's close. It's closer than uh, it, it would be nice for it to be. I was quite mild during the actual game. I think I sort of stopped. I stayed... I'm a staying type. I don't mind if people want to go. It's you know, up to you. People live your own lives. <laughs> but I wasn't watching like towards the, I think it was the um, the fifth goal. The fifth goal is kind of a strange one because if you watch it on television, that cross from Jordan Henderson just looks like a lucky bouncing thing. But I was right behind it. And after kind of Liverpool just had the ball. So I'd started, it started ignoring what was happening. And was able to do that for quite a while because they just kept the ball and then it was on the right wing. So I looked up just as the way he actually played that pass, it was extraordinary bit of skill. It was horrible to watch, but also quite admirable. But that was kind of the way I'd got into the last half hour, was kind of like thinking about other things. Liverpool got the ball, yeah. Wondering about something else and I've still got the ball and like, oh, they scored this time. That's think, why that's I why I like, left. I've just disengaged from it. I feel like the players had stood watching them pass it around at that point as well. So then when it did get crossed into Jota, people just watched the cross. Oh, it's a nice ball. Like, it's mm. in that way. Oh, he's... And now, and now Jota's in oh, well it's, too. It's in the net. It's, in goal. it's, in it's a funny one because there's been a bit of um, should have got some blood on the boots and get some bookings in the bank and that kind of stuff. And it's it's true and you wonder what kind of difference Tyler Adams would make. But like this is purely out of having so much time to think in the second half. I did start wondering about how hard you can actually tackle in that situation in modern football. Because it's it's you know it's not like the 1980s where you can just go two footed through somebody and play on. It's more difficult to get a foot in 
to in some ways, which has kind of supported the style of football that Liverpool now have. He didn't have nobody was counting possession stats in the eighties and nineties, but nobody was getting you know eighty percent possession in a game because you could basically just go and clobber somebody. <laughs> but clobbering isn't really. So I was looking at um, Strauch and Cork and Furpo and Hailing. Melier to an extent. I'm not expecting him to tackle anybody, but just sort of watching them, wondering and trying to work out, like you know, if you if you are four one down and your only options are, I'm sure they probably wanted to to kill somebody, but you can't really do it. And it's like, what what are the solutions? And there aren't any apart from just sort of maybe go through the motions and pretend like, oh, we are really trying. I don't know. It was a, just a difficult watch. It's that now. kind of passion, Moscow. That means that 98 percent of people cannot wait, champing at the bit to get back there next season for another glorious year of Premier League football. Hey, Michael. Oh, 10% of your money back. Either way. That's what we're queuing up for. Well, you don't get 10%. You get, you get the increase back, don't you? Yeah, that's true. You don't, you don't get to pay more. But you will have already paid for it by that point, won't you? So it'll feel like... Oh, you'll pay for some of it. Well, and then there's also the question as to whether... Because they said it will be... They didn't say paid back. Ah, okay. It was redeemed or remitted or there was some kind of... Basically a vague term that will probably it had the wiggle room to say we'll take it off some put it in your account and you can take it off next year's season ticket was kind of is one possibility right. rather than uh, refunding and going through the, you, the bank fees that are involved in that you get the money back in the away shirt priced at full RRP I would not be surprised it sounds cynical but I think just from reading the way it was all termed it's a possibility that it'll go on your account, so you could either spend it on other tickets, like cup tickets, if we ever get a cup draw at Elland Road, or next year's season ticket, if you get mug yourself into signing up for another year, or shirts or merch or something like that. I think it may be a, like a credit note. Um, but good, you know, we, we won't need it anyway. Cause does, does this club deserve 98% retention? <laughs> well, no, but there have been good times recently, at least. It's more understandable in a way than when there were 12,000 people signing up to it in 2014 or whatever, when it had been it had already been shit for ages and there was no prospect of it getting any better. And people were still like, yeah, fine. And it shows now there is demand for tickets, so now there is the fear of not being able, able to ever get one, which is legitimate, I guess, because in the Premier League, because it sells out every time. And also, it gives me a little bit of renewed faith in the fans as well. Not that I'd lost faith in the fans. They're the, one of the constants that have been there throughout all this and, and stuck with them come hell or high water, but that people see things with a long-term eye rather than just what's happening right now in the immediate, like, here and now. Well, it would be interesting to test how, like, why did you renew? Was it with enthusiasm for next season? Was it with an eye on the long-term plan? Or was it fear of not being able to get one again if suddenly we get good? And I think uh, it will then be interesting as well to watch if we are bad next season how many of those season tickets go on the the sellback thing because mm-hmm. that's one way of basically guaranteeing that you do not lose your season ticket is you renew it and then just sell it back to the club game by game but don't actually bother putting yourself through it it's all it is a little bit like a um because they make such a big deal of there being so many people on the the waiting list if you didn't like if you don't renew getting back in is next to impossible so it is it becomes long term in that respect of I might want to be watching Leeds in 10 years' time. So I'll just pay 500 quid so I can still do that. It's bloody expensive as well, buying match by match. I know it's for the Liverpool game. When the tickets start, like 46 quid or something as the, the cheapest tickets available for that. So, so you might as well sign up for one. So night, actually, yeah. the value of a season ticket looks pretty decent against that, I suppose. Even if you miss some games, you're mm. still um, ahead. 
So, yeah, it's not a cheerful time to be renewing, but, you know, got to be done. And it will feel great when we stay up. Is it, what, six weeks now till it's all over? It's too long. Have people been suckered in by the uh, the new f- exciting food options? Street food knocking around in um, the various corners of, of Ellen Road on the club's property, which is nice to see, actually. A, because it's local businesses, and I guess it kind of ties everything back to the community and all that. And uh, also, they are not the old Chernobyl burgers that uh, often get photographed and posted on socials. Although I suspect people will have been somewhat surprised at the price of a bow bun. Nice as they are, but, you know, compared to the uh, compared to the burgers, probably more expensive, but, you know... Yeah, it's good that the, it's good that the stuff is there. Although I, I was a bit surprised to read ahead of the Liverpool game, which bear in mind is an eight o'clock kickoff. It said big fillies will be parked at the East End, the Ellen Road fan zone, available from midday. I don't know how early they think, they think people get to the ground for the old uh, Beeston Entertainment Districts. For, just just get there eight hours before kickoff. I know parking is difficult yep. these days, but that it, seemed a bit premature. If you could put something in there that would draw people in from midday, what would you build? What would you put in there? <laughs> Like, would you just fill it full of various pubs or would you maybe put a, an underground nightclub in like Ken would like or a hotel, perhaps? Pound a pint. Some <laughs> people down there. I, I like you've immediately gone for heavy discounting. Look, it's, it's not an easy sell trying to get people down to Fallon Road for midday for an eight o'clock kickoff. No. Cheapest beers in the city would do it. Mm. And that's probably, if you did want to experience the fine uh, produce of a little bow boy, you could get one from... I know what you're doing here. Either the North Brew Tap in the city centre, you could go out to Springwell Brewery on a Friday, what, what, Saturday could you or wash Sunday. It down? What could you wash it down with, um, Moscow? You could wash it down with a can of the square ball from our friends at North Brew, who make those and sell little bow boy in their locations. Not only in Leeds, you could get them in Birmingham <laughs> and Manchester, where they've opened two, Snow Hill Tap or Circle Square Tap. Um, so no shortage of places where you could go and get one of these fine concoctions, delicacies, and probably in slightly nicer surroundings as well than whichever tatty corner of Elland Road they, they managed to get the van into. There were no tatty corners. There are some new hand dryers in that place, I'll have you know. It's it's virtually new. Philly cheesesteak sandwiches for our new American visitors, hot dogs, that kind of thing. Loaded fries. If we get people in from Greece as well, eat Greek, doing uh, gyros, pork and chicken. Chips as well. Have you had a chips? I've had it. Yeah, yeah. They're Greek. Yeah, what's your favourite kind of chip? Um, chip shop chip. Yep. That's the only right answer, isn't it? I don't know. Who am I to judge? I can't speak for everybody. Chip shop chips. Chip shop chips are the best. Yep. And, uh, and northern chip shop chips, fried in beef, I think is what they normally beef are. Beef dripping. Yeah, they're the best ones. Good. Not for vegans, Soz. No. Any chip chat? I would probably uh, concur beef dripping. Unnecessary, but unique. Mm. Tasty. So. Generally regard them as uh, a vessel for vinegar. And how do you think Spud, Spuds and Bros um, feel about this, where people are massacring their potatoes and turning them into chips? Is there not much uh, not much news this week? Nah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about relegation. Uh, what else can we talk about then? Well, the food away at Fulham will probably be excellent. Yeah. that um, In fact, I was reading about their new stand that is backs onto the Thames. Is It's designed to sort of exist... Um, it's a bit of a Bates job of it exists independently from the football ground. So you can be in one of the fancy restaurants in there and go across the corridor into the football ground or not. So you, you can take the whole family and some of you can sit in the restaurant and some of you can go over to the football and it's all in the same place. That does make a bit more sense when it's on the banks of the Thames in West London as opposed to Beeston, which was Ken's vision. Next to the M621. A, a lovely view of the fucking Bermondsey, the Isle of Dogs. Yeah. 
derelict shipyards. Don't don't get the idea that just because it's in London by the Thames that it all looks like the Houses of Parliament. It will be I don't I don't know what is opposite on the opposite bank from Craven Cottage. Probably the nicer bit is inside Craven Cottage because you've got the cottage and the Cravens. Yeah, the Cravens. Yeah, Beverly Craven is one of them. She's there. <laughs> I think that's who he's named after. Mm. Yeah. If Beverly, Beverly Craven ever leaves Fulham, then the uh, the stadium collapses into the sea, doesn't it? Just talking about the catering and um, and heading to Fulham, there's a fun exchange on Twitter that I've uh, I've seen previously. Just dug it up again about somebody complaining about um, a pie being thrown uh, over somebody's new white home shirt, saying it's not very Fulhamish and not a very Fulhamish way to behave. Uh, and someone underneath has questioned, "Do you know what kind of pie it was?" And the other person said, "It's Fulham. It was probably fucking quiche." <laughs> the, the view looks quite nice, by the way, across the river. I've refused to believe it. Just looked at it. Looking at a little boathouse and some trees. Never had a nice time down there, the old quiche munchers. We'll, we'll preview that in um, in part two. Uh, do we want to bring it back to the relegation watch or are we, are we too scared to confront the reality of all that? Well, I put all the results into one of them things and, and decided we're staying up right. this week. So that's good news. This is, that's, that's very when you say all the results, you mean the imagined results that you thought of? Yes. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, I don't know them. So I mean, so you you slate me for using five thirty eight dot com, and that's all they do. They've run the season twenty thousand times, and I, did, I only did it once. Right? Shall I do it again? Do it twenty. I want you to do it twenty thousand times. <laughs> okay, it's going to take a while. Uh, yeah, so I had, us, but I think I had us on thirty six points, which also isn't great. That they have us on thirty six points. Uh, so so what the fucking messing around pretending they're doing all this modelling for? Who went down in this? Uh, Everton Forest. Yeah, so Southampton bottom, Forest second bottom, Everton got on 30, 32 and 33 points and we'll survive on 36. Exactly what I got on. What am I? Some knobhead. Stop pretending you're doing anything more. Th- this is not the victory that you think it is. Big pause. <laughs> Calling yourself a knobhead. Yeah, big pause there waiting for somebody to contradict. Didn't work. <laughs> but the 538 reckon we've got a 24% chance of going down. Which, given that West Ham are only, I mean, they've got a game in hand but they've, uh, they're only two points ahead of us. They've got a 4% chance of going down according to... Uh, these chumps, so you know, just win a game, you idiots. I yeah, know. I mean that's why it's completely ridiculous. West Ham do not have a four percent chance of going down. Do they not? Well, I don't know. I tell Michael if they lose, who are they playing next? You're not even. I mean, you've bought into five thirty eight so much. They're not even on this list as relegation candidates. Well, I don't, two I don't, points ahead I don't of us. think they are. But if what if they lose the next two games and we win the next two games? Then we're completely clear, and so are they. Then, well, it, then it goes down even to if Ever- they lose the next Ever- two games. Leicester. But what if they've won all their games? <laughs> Anything could fucking happen. It's a complete, it's absolute shambolic waste of time. So I even saying, oh, I, I I put all the results into into something on the internet, and it said we're staying up. You just made those numbers up yourself. That is true. It's no, it's not a, it's no. Oh, well, we're fine now. I imagined that we're going to stay up, but are you, I did are you it, saying I the did it with the internet? So it. It means something. The Michael algorithm, the XM, is uh, the expected Michaels, is wrong. So we've just got to wait and see, really, aren't we? I think so. Yeah, I, think I suppose so. I just looked at other people's results and went, oh, actually, that's, that's quite tough. Like Southampton's next three games, I think they could well be pretty much relegated by, we're, the, time we're, by the time they played Arsenal, Bournemouth and Newcastle. We're going, we're going be... to be outshitted, aren't we, if we're lucky? That's that's the plan. That's the hope. More or less, what yeah. A, what a life it is in the Premier League. Yeah, if Everton and Leicester are any good, we're fucked. That <laughs> <laughs> was, was my basic conclusion. But, I mean, that's generally how a league table works. If the people beneath you are better than you, then they'll go above you. Yeah. I mean, Forest's next too as well. Liverpool and Brighton. Mm. That's not helpful. Brentford are kind of going off the boil a little bit. But it's away, though. The I mean, Forest don't win away. Yeah, so that... Let's talk, let's talk, to Liverpool let's talk too, about so don't have a chance something there. happier. Let's talk about the 21s because uh, they are nearly back in the top division of the Premier League 2. You don't get promoted to Premier League 1. That's the actual thing that we're in, isn't it? You get promoted from 
Premier League Two, Division One. Yeah, so they're in Premier League Two, two Division Two, Two Two, and that's what like Desmond the top of Archbishop Desmond. Mm. Yes, yes, did mess it up a little bit because we were playing on the head of the first team on on Monday night. Was it seven o'clock kickoff? I should, think, they should have been playing instead of the first team. Eddie and the kids. It was a nice hour overlap. Mm. So we were winning from early on. Just Sean McGurk scored and then they equalised in the 92nd minute. See Sean McGurk's goal? Yes. Yeah. Their goalkeeper wasn't very good, was he? Oh, maybe I didn't see it. I'm maybe thinking of another Sean McGurk goal. It was sort of the keeper was uh, running out to just sort of pick it up. Quite an easy ball rolling into his arms from the west. And he, uh, for some reason, let it... It was almost like it hits, you know, on a, a pinball table. We have the buffers that speed something up. Mm-hmm. Like it hit that, sped into his chest, bounced off to Matteo Joseph, who then sort of walked around a bit, gave it to McGurk, and he walked around a bit and scored. Yeah, it was an amazing uh, mess of things from Stoke's goalkeeper. The word that kept coming up in the reporting on this and in the highlights as well was scrappy. I think mm-hmm. everyone was saying very scrappy games, scrappy stuff, and then we let them uh, score from a, a crossed set piece in stoppage time to equalise. So, um, very on brand. People say you've got to embed habits through the teams. Chucking it in, in the bin. Yeah, from a set piece in the last minute, I feel it's very, very much what the under 21 still be learning. Still very much in their hands, though, isn't it? So, look at the fixtures here. They've got Borough at home, which is on Sunday, the 23rd of April, this coming Sunday, noon kickoff in York. They're playing Middlesbrough, who are currently, let's have a look, seventh out of the 11 team division beat them and then you're nearly home and hosed yeah. aren't you I mean Stoke were 10th so a uh, bit of a, but also I guess it wasn't uh, the strongest under 21 side we could have had because some of them were needed for the first team as we discussed Adam Forshaw was actually playing against Liverpool instead of going away to help the under 21s out as he did last time they got promotion which was a lot of fun I quite enjoyed I can't remember if I ever wrote it down the idea of um, whatever he is, 37-year-old Adam Forshaw, trying to get his knee injury sorted out, having to put up with a bunch of um, 18-year-olds in Birmingham celebrating winning a title. like I'd Drinking always, blue WKD. always yeah. imagined the bus journey back for him would have been absolutely uh, tortuous. But um, where are they? For did the they, did they the send him into the off-licence to go buy the booze on the way back? That kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say, like, to wrap it up this time, if they do want to get promoted again, it will be sealed one way or another. Uh, West Brom away on... Friday, the following Friday. Friday. Where it happened last time? Was it a Villa away last time? Maybe maybe this is how they do it. They can only get promoted and receive a trophy or whatever by going away to the West Midlands Mm. on a Friday afternoon. Do we move the whole club? Well, potentially. This is uh, a two o'clock kickoff on Friday the 28th at West Brom's training ground. What a glamorous place to to win it. That's in Walsall. Oh, Carlos Corbran wouldn't come to manage us. So if we just move our entire stadium sort of to his house... Yeah, and like surround it so that one day he wakes up in the morning, opens his bedroom curtains and sees the South Stand, and then he's a bit confused. He just doesn't know what's going on. He say, "Well, you're the manager of Leeds United now, mm. whether you want to be or not." And but just to sort of balance out how difficult that could be for you, we've come, we've come to you, so you don't have to move. Your goals equals points nonsense as well out the window in this table. By the way, I'm just looking. Southampton and Southampton have both got 49 goals, 39 points. Derby at the bottom scored 12 goals, got one point. Don't apply to kids. Okay, fair enough. Different. <laughs> Breaks it, does it? <laughs> yeah. uh, and well done to the women as well, getting back to uh, winning ways after their bit of a, a post 
plate victory slump, but they've um, they recovered. Uh, 5-3 away win at Hull. Playing every two days or something stupid. Yeah, because they've got a lot of games to catch up on, haven't they? But then they played Durham Sestri. Are they top of the league, Durham? Yes. That, so that was the 13th, then the 16th, and they played again on the 19th. 3-1 win against Barnsley. Which was good. Kath Hamill with a, a header. She scored two in the last three after not scoring for ages. Centre-back, so you wouldn't expect it, but heading in a couple of corners, which is good. And Abby Brown's goal last night was really good as well. Big, deep cross to the back post. Took it on the volley as you would almost certainly not if you weren't really good at football. So that went into the bottom corner and they're playing the other team who were at the top of the table on Sunday, last home game of the season at Tagaster is against Newcastle, who, interesting contrast, I don't think the women have had a game at Elland Road this year. They've just been at Tagaster the whole time. They did last season. Um, but Newcastle were playing at St. James's Park and got 24,000 people on Sunday um, and have been getting big, like, multiple thousand crowds at St. James's Park over the course of the season, which is a, a hell of a, a contrast compared to um, other teams in this division who get, like, 80. What about the crowds for women's football in Saudi Arabia? Pro- difficult. That's how I would describe them in a word. I think that the process is difficult from my limited understanding. But that's over there and it's fine. Yeah. That's, that's the Newcastle fan opinion on it, on most of those, most of the Saudi issues. Ah, they're not doing it in Newcastle. Leave them be. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Full on preview. This is part two of the show. Craven Cottage. Should we, well, should we re-rewind and go back to the game at Ellen Road earlier this season, which caught us by surprise a little bit, didn't it? I don't think we expected to happen what happened. It was a fairly early-ish indication that we were in trouble, I think, this one. Because I think we all expected we might win that. And then we turned up and we were fairly well beaten in the end, despite despite taking the lead. It was this that little run of games because Bournemouth was not long after this as well. And it was that was another one where we went, okay, we're playing a newly promoted team at home, get an early goal, everything will be fine, and it wasn't fine because um, Mitrovic scored. So this was and the, it all the, went to shit. This was the fourth defeat on the bounce, wasn't it? So I'm looking back down the fixtures now, and it was Palace away where we lost, and we lost at home to Arsenal, went to Leicester, and lost two nil, and then this was the three two. Ellen uh, um, When Jesse Marsh was, let's face it, he was on the brink at that point, but then we went to Liverpool and won, and then beat Bournemouth by the skin of our teeth. It's the game where he should have been sacked, probably. I say looking back on it, I, pr- I think I thought that at the time as well, just because it it felt like it was falling apart defensively at this point. Particularly it, as we, he- we were heading into the World Cup as well. We're on two fixtures before the World Cup there. Yeah, I mean, some of the goals in this were just terrible as well. Like the, the defending on them, the Mitrovic one, Melier maybe was a bit soft at the near post, but then the second one, Deckard over Reed, is just completely unmarked. There was also the, this was one of the games where we had a corner and they just cleared it and were thrown goal about 10 seconds later. Melier saved it, but it just looked so horribly untidy, did the defence in this game. Whereas now it's shod 
right up. Yeah, it was a sign that, because at Leicester, when we were awful, we'd made four changes. And then we came to this game, there were six changes from Leicester and it was worse. And it's kind of, Marsh is just looking useless. He'd got Franky Shima, his, uh, who was our assistant at the end of last season, his old pal from Salzburg, but had decided to just, he was just doing it from home this this season, sitting watching the training sessions on telly and going, like, yeah, tell them to run faster. But he was actually in the stands with a, a laptop for this, so it was kind of a sign that Marsh was getting the, the reinforcements in, um, and it didn't do a fat lot of good in this game, but um, did against Liverpool, I suppose. There was hope for me in the form of the um, the FA Cup game down there, where we were kind of just finding our way with Javi Gracia, and you thought, yeah, we've got a little bit of something about us now This seems to be heading in the right direction because we gave them a good game up to a point. Once again, the old, the age-old story of not taking your chances. We had the goal disallowed, of course, as well. Rute, there was the push on Wilson, all that stuff. But we, we looked all right, didn't we? With, albeit, a side that was changed for the Cup. We were the better side in this. They just scored a couple of brilliant goals from... The first one was like 35 yards out, wasn't it? Something It was ridiculous. Mm. That one that he curled past Melly. Adams lost the ball and Pellini just picked it up and put it perfectly into the he corner. Kicked it dead hard into the net. It was, a nice, it was hard, but it was also nice and nice and uh, bendy. Mm. Yeah, this was all the uh, the big takeaway from this game was that we'd made like dirty chances and not scored any. So I was like, oh, why, aren't, why can't our strikers score? And if only that was still the biggest problem we had, then uh, it would be um, hopeful. But yeah, um, and Rutter, um, Rutter's goal shouldn't have been disallowed either, should it? So he would have how how different could he be with a tapping under his belt? Maybe this is the thing that that happens for him. Maybe he goes there. He's familiar with it. So I've scored here once already. Get me goal. Take us charge it up the table. Um, it's been very doom and gloom this week. I mean, we are recording actually right as Javi Grassi is doing his press conference ahead of Fulham, which is quite handy because we've got the quotes to hand. Has he announced a slew of deaths in the training camp or anything just no. to make it even worse this week? Nothing like that. Yeah, he's, he's okay. just, he never he, does he, though, he just tends to talk very generically, doesn't he? He's just saying we need the points. We're coming from two important defeats and we have to change the dynamic. Uh, and he was talking about the fact that we competed well in the six games prior to the last two and we've got to get back to uh, to doing that. He has to solve problems, not the players. Uh, Analyse why we've played some parts of these games differently and get back to the way that we were in the games um, beforehand. We did it then. We have to do it again as soon as possible. And he's saying uh, what he's seen in terms of the reaction so the last couple of weeks is the players being very disappointed and with a desire to change to perform better and look forward. Well, that all sounds good in theory. Do we... Uh, much like Leeds United as a concept. Do we expect to see much improvement? I mean, why not? Why not? I know there's, there's plenty of reasons for... I said this over on the, on the Phil Hay show, like which is coming out on Friday. Um, never underestimate this football club's capacity to surprise you. It's mad. It's a yeah, madhouse. It's normally in a bad way. Not always. No, it's not. Yeah, nearly not, always. It's not always, Michael. Yeah, nearly. I know, I know it is a lot of the time. But just when you think things... I'll be honest, are, that second half against Palace surprised me. Just when you think things are darkest, like things, good things can sometimes... Well, like, like, like after we played Palace and I thought it was the darkest, then we'll... Yeah, that, like that. Like that, yeah. <laughs> but it's true. We don't need to be so relentlessly negative about it all the time. It feels bad at the minute. Let's make it unbad. Yeah, I mean, Fulham are not brilliant we just we just recorded Phil Hay before and he was suggesting that their all their underlying stats say that they have outperformed and they're higher in the league than they should be and it wouldn't be a great if we did stay up it wouldn't be at all surprising if next year we finish above Fulham would it just because of the nature of that bit of the Premier League is you know there's not a lot in it necessarily 
And they also don't have Mitrovic. They don't have a little scum bastard who can play up front instead of Mitrovic. Although he helped us at the weekend. Do we need to drop the LSB tag? No, he'll never, never drop that. It was that. always affectionate. Yeah. He, we had it when he, when he was scoring goals for us, we still called Could him. Could he be a little, little scum bugger? No? No. Um, and he got an assist as well. Hmm? I enjoyed the assist. He basically was trying to get on a, a bouncing ball, lost out in the tackle, but it must have hit him last. And then when whoever it was uh, scored the goal, his entire reaction, because he was lying face down on the grass, was just to put his, his head in his arms and go, ah, I'm in pain. I quite enjoyed his little contribution. But his goal was good, actually. Um, not the most... It's weird because if you think uh, like he's he's taken a ball from throwing, which was great. Actually, yeah, let's talk about Fulham's Dan James scoring against Everton. Everton being switched off from a throwing. Sean Dyche's Everton. Mm. Tarky was miles off it. Absolutely beautiful to watch. It just makes you think, yeah, it's not helping. There's the weird contrast between... Um, because I'd listened to some podcast uh, interview with Sean Dyche um, about his leadership style and what he's doing at Everton and all the, like, his processes and his beliefs and stuff. And it's all quite, you know, fairly interesting to an extent. And he's he's probably, he's got a bit more to him. Like, the way he balances going to gigs to relax and all that kind of stuff and, and how he manages being recognised and how he, he doesn't get recognised. It's all quite interesting stuff. And then you come to this and you can't get Tarky to switch on from a throw-in. Fucking hell, it's not working. It's just not working. Everyone's <laughs> saying, oh, Everton will stay up. Deitch is the master. Well, I mean, he, I would actually, Deitch and Everton in the champo seems like a good combination with him saying all the right kind of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if that worked pretty well because he seems well into like the idea of rebuilding the club from the ground up. But um, no. So, the, yeah, so Dan James was switched on from the throw-in, chipped it over... Tchaikovsky's head and then onto his other foot and finishes and you think oh that sounds like Cantona against Chelsea in 92 it's not really that good it kind of scuffs, up, scuffs it over his head it's not the cleanest stuff but um, what was nice about it as well was his celebration where he kind of runs towards the Fulham fans and he just kind of has his usual kind of resting Dan James face but then as he sees the fans celebrating in front of him it's like the happiness comes back it's like oh, they're really happy. And I've scored a goal. I can't remember when he last scored a goal. It's probably that one against Hull that we couldn't remember if it had happened or not because I'd only seen like a 15-second clip of it on Twitter and I didn't know if it was real, but it was real. Um, but it was like that. It was all coming back to him and then he did a knee slide. Like, Look at that. Premier League goal. I can celebrate properly. So all coming together really well for um, Dan James. So that's good. <laughs> okay. Um, just looking at their last few games as well. Um, obviously, they did beat Everton prior to that. Uh, you've put on the sheet, Michael, that they lost 1-0 at home to Fulham. So Fulham beat Fulham 1-0, which you actually meant... Didn't mean that. You meant West Ham, didn't you? West Ham, yeah. But because you're incompetent, you put Fulham... They beat themselves. Yeah. Uh, and then Bournemouth beat them. Um, prior to that, it was uh, it was Brentford and, and Arsenal. But, yes, um, they've lost to some not great teams, was what I was trying to say. And we're not great. And we're not great. We are not great. They are a pretty... They're a strange old bunch. Like we were talking on the other show about their new stand, and they are kind of like an option for tourists, really, aren't they, Fulham? I mean, they're quite fundamentally quite a quite a nice, inoffensive club, and they do well. You know, they get into Europe. They got to uh, the final of the Europa League, didn't they? And they, and because of their ability to kind of be attractive to players like Willian and Leno, they'll always have like a reasonable pool of decent players, which means they should always have a decent team. And some years it will probably work really well, like it's worked well this year and it worked well the years when they got into Europe and they could they could get into Europe this year couldn't they? No, uh, it's unlikely. Very unlikely now. Yeah. They've, they've, they've given it a little tickle. Um, so they should always be doing that but then some years they'll just throw it in the bin and they'll just be 
relegated out of sight. So they're a, a funny bunch, but they sort of exist to be a decent team, like a good team, especially because, I mean, this sounds like, like Fulham fans might pick up on this and be like, oh, you've been incredibly disrespectful. But Fulham, not long ago, were just Division 4 Fulham. They're not, mm. uh, like, they're very much, the rise has been incredible and then to sustain it. So it's not surprising that some years they'll be completely off the boil because uh, they shouldn't be there. <laughs> I mean, when you consider what else is nearby them in London, you kind of consider them like a boutique almost style club, don't you? Like slightly smaller ground, loyal local fan base, all seem like decent folks. And you can go watch them. Yeah. Like, you can't really get like Chelsea season tickets, Arsenal, like the, the, the cost of all that. They've kind of, by having that, weird tourist section it's sort of anathema to it's very a lot of um, it is very expensive though fans. yeah but if you're doing it as a one-off kind of treat thing you get to see yeah. um, a good team like Leeds play <laughs> so but they've kind of they've carved out this niche that works well for them and it's kind of good for them congrats to you Fulham we're going to be in the lucky pyjama combination of black grey orange shorts and black socks I think most most likely yeah it can't be the it can't be the cheese kit, can it? No, because the the light dark thing kind of is too yeah, it's too similar. Will this? Will we finally? Have we won in that one yet? Will we finally uh, bag away? We should have won at Spurs in it. Mm. Don't think we have. Don't know. I will work that out when, and we'll come back to it on the match ball maybe. But um, what would you do with this game? People say Melier should be dropped. I don't think he will be. Right backs, just don't bother. Yeah, because I said that on the Phil Hayes show. Play a false two. Who who plays false two? Don't or, matter, does it? I just do ten. Don't matter. Remember, I mean, Liverpool did the thing with the right back playing in midfield, but that's because we didn't have a midfield. Maybe if we do that, we'll have we'll gain in midfield, mm-hmm. and as long as no one realizes and puts it down the right hand side, we do absolutely fine. We do that. We don't go for the central midfield thing, but we do at times shuffle to a back three while one of the fullbacks goes mm. forward. So it's not completely impossible. That, um, but I don't think we're suddenly going to be. Lads, you saw how Liverpool played. Let's do that. <laughs> Should we <next> just, <laughs> just be really good on the counter attack and absolutely right. hammer people by Brendan, passing accurately? Brendan, you can play Mo Salah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are some, because Gracia is kind of a reactive coach, or at least he has been so far, somebody willing to adapt. There's, it's not um, impossible that we go for three at the back or something. Is Harrison a viable right wing back? I mean, Bielsa used to flog him like a. Shire horse up and down the right wing on his own. So it is It is within this team's recent memory to play with just one person on the right side of the pitch and make them cover the entire 100 yards. Whether the, the fitness levels are still there for that kind of thing or whether it would even be helpful or desirable. Melier, I don't know. Um, he looks very forlorn. Like the goal that Salah put past him, I just felt sorry for him. And I some people are saying, you know, shouldn't be being beat at his near post, but Mo Salah shouldn't be standing 12 yards away from him in space, just picking a spot and just going like, I'm going to hit this ball really hard at you. And there's nothing, like it just comes down to pure luck at that point as to which direction, whether Melier could guess the right way. And I think he probably did the right thing of just standing there and just going like, just fucking put it in the net. We've got some intel on the two, I think that everybody wants to see in, which is Verba and Willy Nonto. Um, and I think this is the closest that we've had to an admission that maybe Nonto is still nursing the effects of that, that ankle injury. Um, Have you saying that he's trying to protect him a little bit, but he's ready and he's available. Um, but also just scrolling down to um, Adam Pope's comments where he's kind of expanded on it a little bit. 
and said, um, there are many things we're not doing well because you can see the results, but it's important the way that they work every day. I believe in my squad. Some of my players have little issues, not in the best condition, training two or three days a week. So maybe they're just trying to kid gloves him back and maybe they've targeted these this run of three games where they can unleash him a little bit and then maybe protect him again afterwards. It did seem weird that he brought him on when the game was kind of lost with none. So I did think that the other night. Is that a thing where he's building up minutes though? Maybe, but I don't know if it's a... If, it's, if he's actually injured, it feels better. It feels like rest might be better than that. But I mean, well, I am a doctor, but you know, not not a <laughs> not a conventional one. Well, you're you're a doctor, but you're not there on scene, are you? Can't until, no, you've assessed, can't. until you've assessed the patient. I don't, you I don't have a good prod at it and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Dig a thumb in to his ankle, be like that. that hurt. Uh, it seems like Verber has become the um, the the talisman for all this now, doesn't it? Like I think everybody would relax a bit having him. Uh, in at the back and uh, he's in better condition than last week says Javi so a decision is to be made uh, when he was available he played and had a very good performances mm. okay That's yeah it. I'd like to see him come back in for Strauk uh, which seems the obvious one and I'd like to see Nonto in for Aronson yeah. if he's available Wait, how are you arranging our forward line I'm putting Nonto in this, the same position as Aronson which is kind Four. of <laughs> <laughs> rolling around squealing <laughs> Bless him. Uh, no, I would have it, but I, th- I think he can play centrally, Nonto. I mean, he has played centrally before and he looks, he seems to have the skills to do it in terms of he's got, he seems to have decent vision, he's got good awareness of what's around all sides of him. He's strong enough to hold it up if he needs to. We've seen he can he can cross a ball if he pulls out wide, he can shoot if he's on the edge of the box. He's he, saying a free roll. He just seems... It's going to give him a free roll. Why not? Yeah, give him a free roll. Give him, just let, well, just let him play instead of Brendan Aronson yeah. is about as far as my thoughts have gone free roll's not a bad shout to be fair as long as you do the, the defensive work in attack a free roll I'm all for that and he runs around a lot as well so I don't I mean admittedly on a, a broken ankle it might not be that easy for him but um. <laughs> well you've got as well you've got um, like what Jackie Sinistera and him if you had that as your three behind whatever striker it is and I know we kind of we shape fall into a 4-4-2 shape more often than not but Sinistera could tuck in at number 10 as well couldn't he if mm. Nonto happens to drift left and vice versa let's do it let's give it a go Try do something different. I was back to me uh, get Sam Greenwood in mm. nonsense this morning when I was trying to think of the changes we could make because uh, he was technically a, a ten way back before um, Jesse Marsh got hold of him. And what it felt like we missed against Liverpool was everything. <laughs> yep. But then when you drill it down to some of the components, and basically with the Aronson question is uh, somebody who will get the ball and pass. Like Aronson's just a bit too frantic. And I, I I can imagine... Well, whenever I've seen Sam Greenwood play, the things he does quite well is through balls and passing it to creative players. And that's what we've really struggled with lately is trying to get the ball to Harrison or Nyonto or Sinistera or Bamford or Rodrigo or anybody who can then be in a good position and score because um, Aronson's just not quite got the patience of... Uh, and the ability to see the, the picture. So I was thinking I was nominating him as kind of a an option. But the, And then also for that... Thank you for talking about a thing that won't happen. And then also for that thing of... Um, <laughs> Special teams. Set pieces. Yeah, yeah. set pieces. Although, um, it's weird because him and Aronson are more or less the same age, aren't they? Yeah. But I think you can you can kind of tell that one of them was bought up in playing football in Sunderland and one of them was like college soccer in America. It's, it's quite a different... It's quite a middle-class... Nice environment is is soccer in America compared mm. to England, where it's a bit more, um, I don't know, it's a bit more of a, a sport played play by rough lads in, yeah. in England. Well, that's it. And the, there is, you know, it sounds reductive, but there's an element of that with 
Greenwood is that he is uh, a tough lad and has been through this before. Like, it was a surprise when Marsh threw him in at Brentford last year, but absolutely was a part of the most, of the tensest game for a while and came through it without too many problems. So he's got that kind of, he's terrible at tackling though. <laughs> I mean, he's absolutely awful whenever we play him in midfield and he tried like he got sent off for the under 21s for just like the stupidest mm. um, lunge and that's why I think further forward might be the, the thing for him just getting back at 10 doing what he was pretty good at he won't, right, he won't, won't play happen. anywhere no, do you think Aronson will start in it? Probably do, the same team do you again. think that the order of the fixtures has been a little bit more favourable to us this week because it's felt like we've been playing after everybody else in the last few weeks whereas this week we've got Arsenal-Southampton Friday night game which you expect to go one way i.e. Southampton will probably win, given how the football gods hate us. Um, but then we play Saturday um, Saturday lunchtime ahead of Palace Everton at three o'clock and then Liverpool Forest and then Bournemouth West Ham playing on Sunday. I think just sort of making us play seems unwelcome. Mm. Should they just give, us, time. just give us the points? Maybe it should be played um, overnight behind closed doors with no television coverage. And you just wake up in the morning and get the result. That's fine. I was thinking, and if about, we lose, then they lie. I was thinking about that this week when the because the Man City game is probably going to end up being moved, isn't it? Because they have gone through in the Champions League. And I was thinking, can we just arrange with Man City that we just call it one nil to them? Especially as it's going to be on a Saturday night, more than likely. Maybe like a Saturday seven forty five. Just, just one nil, one nil, because like, they they would probably take that because they obviously need the win, and they'd a win's a win, isn't it? And they'd, I guess, it's not a gamble for them. Yeah. Fine, just yeah, let's all have a rest. Not all risking a week injury off. to Harland or anything like that, or the, the risk that Calvin Phillips might not be available for the, the, the closing stage of the Champions League. So, works, yeah. So, good. Fulham versus Leeds, Saturday yeah. lunchtime. Away win? Uh, yeah, maybe this is this is where football's been going wrong, is we need to just start just fixing the results. Mm. And then... Um, I, think turn, it's been, I think it has been tried. And then turn the players and the, the managers and all the stuff into like outsized personalities with storylines. <laughs> And instead of wearing the kit as designed by Andrea Ratrizzani's son, see if that lad's got any ideas on leotards mm-hmm. and put some uh, ropes around the pitch so that's a bit of just to add some visual interest and make it springy and get rid of the balls. Yeah. And then they can fight, <laughs> but not hurt each other. Yeah, it's fair enough. So, so Leeds United to outgrapple Fulham. Yes. Um, on Sunday uh, Sunday? Saturday good off the, off the top ropes <laughs> excellent with a metal chair <laughs> it'd be a really big ring as well wouldn't it but anyway I'm looking forward to it as we come out of winter and head into spring energy prices are still sky high meaning receiving an energy bill can be as stressful as glancing at the league table did you know you could get ready for next winter and save up to £1,150 a year by upgrading to a new more efficient boiler and using a Google Nest learning thermostat Boxed, take away the hassle of upgrading your boiler to a brand new A-rated one. The process takes just a few minutes on their website. Couldn't be easier. Installation is carried out by an expert qualified installer and is included in the price that you quoted. A 0% finance is available, subject to status. Boxed will give you a fixed, fair price in just 90 seconds. And as a listener to this show, you can save an additional £50 on your online quote by using the code TSB50. Head to boxed.co.uk, that's B-O-X-T, .co.uk, use that code TSB50 to get ahead of the game, upgrade your boiler, and start saving money now. We do Heroes and Villains now in part three. Here we go. Uh, the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award. Uh, we sort of divvy this up according to arbitrary criteria into some petty grievances, some genuine candidates. No petty grievances this week. Is it all just outright anger? 
Yeah, not really. They all feel like worthy, worthy um, candidates in, in this one. There's, there's a lot of individuals being picked out, but I do lean immediately towards the suggestion that Luca B and Tom have made about all of them. Everyone, the full shebang. Yeah, Tom also nominated um, the Stop Oil protesters. Why didn't they fancy trips to Leeds rather than Sheffield? Yeah. Would have been a nice a nice welcome break. Do we want... No, we probably don't want them coming. It you've, might disrupt things. Yeah, don't. You've, you've encouraged them now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mentioned for VAR as well, of course, because um, it denied that handball, but it feels a bit misplaced, doesn't it, given what followed? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it didn't make a, it didn't make a huge difference, as Jack said... Um, we could have lost 4-0 instead. Which it was, which might was, have done. It might have nil, done. 0-0, we were fine. Mm. It was then, just as soon as we'd gone behind, we tried to attack properly for the first time, so they just scored again, which was why we hadn't attacked in the first place. I felt it was kind of, you could see the big, the big problem is, do you defend and be boring and risk just conceding, or do you attack and leave things open and risk conceding? And it felt like, we were doing all right at the first version and that goal did then make us have to go and try and get one. And once we got two, we were never coming back from... In fact, almost. I know this is the villain's bit and we've just nominated absolutely everybody. The one tiny bit of credit I will give them is for um, getting it to 2-1 because it's 2-0, I'd given up. Yeah, I was coming to when the second goal hit the net. I thought, oh, we're done now. And that's partly because of what had happened against Palace and then partly because of Liverpool's quality and then also the way that they just dismantled our whole but both of our game plans in one move so it's actually pretty impressive that the players did get a goal and looked a little bit up for it after I mean, it was for five minutes it, it was quite a five gift, minutes well even so you got it and then there was that little there was the five minutes where you're thinking oh actually i am being surprised into thinking something good could happen and then the third one that was when i think all the players were just like yeah it's done yeah, isn't it? yeah. We, we, we tried for five minutes but it wasn't good enough so they did actually last longer than me VAR was, I mean, it is always just annoying when VAR gets something obviously wrong, you would think. I mean, that the referee should have seen that. Yeah, and there's no explanation for this one. Mm. It's He just blocked it with his arm. There's not a, there's not a reasonable way of saying... Well, but, well, because the ref didn't give it, they then go into all this bullshit justification yeah. of different phases of play and, and, and stupid interpretations of clear and obvious. It's just boring, isn't it? Get in the bin. All you've done is just create a different problem. And that's why the... I keep going about the simple solution for VAR is just have the assistant referee watching it on telly going, you got that wrong, do this instead. Yeah. Like, it's absolutely fine. Not, was it a clear and obvious error? Was it a, a thing of like, and they still leave the, the room open for mistakes and things might be given missed and we don't have to hold the game up for everything. But if a referee, just as soon as a goal is given, he sees the first replay and he goes, there's a handball there that you haven't seen, you should rule that goal out everybody's fine about it. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's silly, isn't it? Also, <laughs> if you're the referee, have a look when a player is punching a ball into like to their most dangerous attacker so that they can score a goal because that's against the rules. So whether you've got cameras to help or not, just a little a little pointer for your next referee course is look out for handballs. Yeah, I mean, that, that wasn't that's given. quite easy to spot, to spot. I mean, I don't, did he think he'd actually like jumped up in the air and the karate spin and kicked it forward and he just he'd missed that so I don't know how well, that no, I was going to say there. that this is the daft crazy crazy thing about this that VAR is there to eliminate errors but what's happened with that one is because it was deemed to be a different phase of play fine the only reason they can then fall back on is saying that well actually it possibly was handball but because the referee missed it there's nothing we can do about it 
because it was a different phase of play. It wasn't even so, a different phase of play. It was, I know. But, I but, but you, was that, the uh, phase of play that caused, caused he, the, no, I know, he gave I it know to the that. player, he gave it in back, he crossed and they scored. You no, know, I know it's, it's complete bullshit reasoning. But what I'm saying is actually the, the reasoning when you break that down is that it, that's being given because the referee missed the original offence. Yeah, should, yeah. So that's what I mean. Look, Mental, look for the handballs. And that also, again, what did he think happened? How did he think Trent Alexander-Arnold got that ball? Like, how did he think? What did, did his foot He's like, oh, I didn't see what happened, but he must have kicked it. With what? With his hand. Feet were on the floor. Yeah, kicked it with his hand. Anyway. Uh, we would have won. Maybe one day they'll fix it. Maybe By a million goals. Maybe one day they'll get rid of it. It just, I mean, I know we've got, you know, we laughed at the Wolves fans earlier in the season for their... Well, they thought it was a conspiracy. Bad conspiracy and stuff. But it's just, but it's just poor decision making. We actually it? take it quite well. I think that's why I want to make more of an issue of it is because most Leeds fans since this after has gone, oh, well, I don't matter because we would have lost... Let's have a bit of the Wolves attitude. Let's go and cry about it for weeks, even though like we're supposed to be Wolves and that's not what they do. So the grievances... They howl, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, just like crying. All the grievances here that... Forests are full of just crying, weeping wolves <laughs> or being really sad and pathetic. The um, All the nominations here for individuals, we probably don't need to go through them because it feels a bit mean, but maybe they deserve to be a bit meaned on this week. But um, it's all, all, the, all the reasons you can... You can you we can, can do predict. the board. Yeah. I don't feel bad about being mean to them because... I uh, sent on the first show the uh, the whatever it was we the did news before. bit yeah that um, I didn't feel too bad during the game but that's because I hadn't seen the ham acting when the camera had cut to them three in the um, <laughs> director's in, box. in the director's box that was I felt worse when I saw <laughs> that the next one I was like oh, okay six one that was that was really bad but get through it like we'll we'll beat Fulham and, and Leicester I mean, then, when you see Victor Auto, um like arching his back in his chair with his head over his with his hands over his face rather going ah well, he almost, I mean, doesn't send a great message does it the thing was <laughs> taking the three of them Radu Tsani probably comes off better even though he was caught um, picking his nose and eating it because um, he then had the sense to sort of just take his sunglasses off that he's wearing inexplicably at half past nine at night um, and it's not like the West Stand is a bright part of the, gar- the ground you can't see the sun um, and then just sit there Orta also as soon as he realised the camera was on him, there's that big demonstrative, but I think he caught himself halfway through. It was like he, he got fully extended and then was like, actually, this probably looks ridiculous. And then just reversed, like, oh, I don't see it. Looks sad. So he realised, but then Kinnear, you can follow the, the thought processes because he's chatting away to somebody and then he sees himself on the camera and there's a big kind of like, oh God. And then he is always like, oh, well, I'm going to have to do something. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh. And sees like the full acting. So, Rodritani, just sit there. Probably the best tactic. Orta, too demonstrative, but at least he wound it back and maybe saved it. But Kinnear went through the full kind of Hamlet from uh, start to finish in uh, 30 seconds. And yeah, it's just three of you, just sit there. I reckon it's punching yourself freeze. in the head is the best method to see yourself on <laughs> hey, the lad, Just freeze. We've got breaking news. I've got an update for you on the, on the handball VAR thing. Mm. Richard Keyes was, was <laughs> oh. for Sky Sports, but now um, plowing his trade in the... Uh, in the Middle his East. His choice. This is more this or less. Is, uh, his choice, more absolutely or less. Absolutely his choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, tweets saying, sources tell me that the PGMOL, who is obviously the, the body that looks after the refs, the pig mole, have told Leeds that the uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold goal should not have stood. It was handball. You don't fucking say. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, speaking of handball, actually, did you see the handball given against Man City last night? Well, Keyes is already ahead of you there, is mate. It? I was yeah. going to say, because that was one where you think, which of these, look at these two incidents and which one was handball and which one wasn't. Well, and Keys, that's what Keys goes on to say in that tweet, I didn't finish it just for the purposes Christ, of... Christ, am I the same as Richard Keys? The purposes, yeah. Let me look at your hands. 
Funny you've been shaving no, no, them. Fairly, yeah. been shaving them. Those dangerous hairy hands. Hit yours, not his. Um, he continues to say, uh, Arsene Wenger told in Sports that Harry Maguire versus Forrest was handball and both penalties at Bayern last night were wrong. Where do we go? And then he's put a shrug emoji like this. Mm, there you go. The keys is on it. He always links these things to like the disintegration of Western civilization. <laughs> well, what are we going to do now? It's like they'll be rioting in the streets now. And First be... they came for me. Then it was Matt Letizia. Now it's the handballs. <laughs> Where does it end? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, who's your villain of the week? I mean, we're we not going to we're we not going to dip into all of the players who are not no, just just no. leave it yeah I think yeah, everybody pe- knows know. don't they yeah. like whichever player you objected to the most has been nominated for that reason I did I did quite enjoy Jelly's um, comments that I overheard Sean Gregan's fitness coach refer to Weston McKenney as the impossible job <laughs> runs like a jacket potato <laughs> <laughs> it's just rough it's rough times isn't it oh bless him cut out the ranch sauce yes Ranch sauce, ranch, dress, ranch dressing. Is yeah, it? dressing. I'd dressing. Say. Is I, it? I go for a dressing. We've got ranch in our fridge. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, who is it? Is it everyone? Is it Leeds yeah. United? Yeah. It's yeah. Just, the whole damn fine. thing really didn't work at all, did it? No. Uh, another shit show of a week then when we um, tally up the player of the year scores and a new low, which is great. I mean, the, the number of players scoring under one, is, <laughs> under two, sorry, is remarkable. For nine, nine players. Furpo, Melier, Strauch, Rocker, Aronson, Javi. Oh yeah, Harry's uh, in there too. Ruta, yeah. McKenny, and Christensen all scoring under two, and then most of them, to be fair, scoring under three or four. Only only Sinistera getting more than four. Somerville more than three. There you go. That's not good, is it? No. I mean, Ailing has been, I think, the bottom scoring starter anyway for three weeks in a row, but never as low as one point zero nine. No. Which Rasmus Christensen got? That is, so. is that a season low? It must be. Yeah. Yeah. I think Urente got. Uh, that is it out of ten. We should say, by the way. Yes. Yeah, Urente got something, one point something for one of the games, but at Brentford it'll have been, won't it? Um, Did we have the referee score after the whole VAR? Um, 2.16. Right, it should be uh, lower. We did get a note from Carol Von Trapp, who uh, accidentally clicked nine instead of zero. Oh, okay. So, need to adjust that. We'll take that into account, Carol. Um, it's the Dominion voting machines all over again, isn't it? At least we'll fix this one. We're going to have to settle. We're going to have to settle for millions. Uh, player of the year by virtue of the fact of being injured Max Verber is now the leading candidate for player of the year yeah because Willie Nonto good as he's been in that game received a 2.82 coming up on the rails there's a there's a, an outsider for player of the year is, who is that Dan James he's up to <laughs> he's up to fourth <laughs> he did put some very good performances in and he helped us at the so, weekend so, so Max Verber is at 6.8 at the top I want, Dan, Dan, I want Dan James to win it Dan James is at 6.4 <laughs> has yeah. he played like Three or four times for us this season. They weren't abysmal, though, were they? No. <laughs> so, oh, that's really tickled me. So he's he's in with a chance still. Click sadly can only get second because obviously he's not his score isn't going to change. But it could be that the player of the year and the silver medal position go to Dan James and Mateus Click. Interesting. He's played five times for us this season as Dan James. Uh, two appearances in the Premier League plus two off the bench. Well, there you go. He could be our player, player of the, of the year, year stuff. <laughs> What a bewildering ceremony that's going to be. With that in mind, uh, feeds directly into this, the Gitano Baradi Hero of the Week Award. Is there anybody we can actually put give this to? Well, I, I quite like this one. Um, Jack nominates Furpo, Furpo 2.0. says, this is a, a posthumous award because that Furpo is dead and she'll never be forgotten. Furpo 1.0 has risen and come back to wreak havoc on the mortal world. They've rolled back the, uh, the software update. Looks like it. Oh dear. I mean, everyone was bad. Everyone was bad. Uh, I mean, Adam Forshaw, just for being there as 
being given some nominations. Dan, I think Dan James is actually likely to be the hero of the week. Scored against Everton, didn't he? He's going to have to be, isn't he? Better than better than anything anyone else did. So a couple of nominations for like Tyler Adams and Sam Greenwood both get nominations for not playing. Mm. Essentially, Adams getting a bit of a shout out for having a lonely wander at full time. Uh, well, returning to um, stuff that we spoke about in, in part one about the new food offering and again, returning to chat about the board, Jelly is pleased, uh, particularly with um, Rad's Otter and Kinnear, for finally addressing the real issues at Ellen Road and making sure we have £10 bow buns and Philly cheesesteaks available. Really helped balance out that 6-1 humbling. Cheers, lads. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? When things are, when things are going wrong, it don't matter. I don't, you don't get the feeling Spurs fans are sat there going, at least there's an on-site brewery. I don't, I don't know if they had any at Ellen Road, but those chicken bow buns that they do, which are a bit like KFC, they're actually really nice. Mm. Yeah, I'll well just uh, to stress that if you do visit one of North's uh, <laughs> actual it's locations... It's just shameless promotions. Uh, stuff. You get two, two for £9, one bow is £5, and there's plenty of money left over. The, you get um, a can of the square ball beer. Uh, well, to wash down you, because you get the garlic salt fries, which are bloody nice, by the way. Mm-hmm. You get something to do salt and pepper fries, but obviously it dries your mouth out because they're very salty. But they are good. Yeah, and that's where the beer comes in. Mm. Um, so it is a it is a much more uh, gently priced and uh, warmer, if you're indoors, experience at uh, the North Broods Abbey, the Sovereign Square, Springwell at the weekends, or one of their branches in Birmingham or Manchester. Uh, Swampy's Dentist, um, outside the obvious candidates, gets a nomination for this as well. Uh, so the dentist, Swampy's Dentist, was late for the appointment that Swampy had. Swampy had to sit there for far too long in the waiting room reading fashion mags, out-of-date fashion mags at that, um, had his teeth drilled and took far too long to sort it out, couldn't make it to Ellen Road, 53 quid down the drain. I just can't believe how lucky I was for Swampy. <laughs> yes, because he meant he missed. He meant he missed the game. Um, the Championship gets a few nominations. No, well, no, Sean Ryan no. Out, there's not VAR in the Championship still. Have they not got a like, simplified version of it yet? No. Judging by the Coventry goal last night, I don't think they have. Okay, fine. Someone's got to the hand. Uh, Lampard as well for continuing Chelsea's decline. Um, mm. Graham's happy with that. Uh, he was giving it to his guy, Dan James, for me. Yeah. Yeah. I always love, I think he gets a, a hard, re- and also we should never have let him go. No. Well, we didn't mean to, did we? No. <laughs> and it was all, Not really. like, it was all part of, uh, do you think? We saved about five million quid, didn't we, by doing so? Well, I had this thought as well when um, we were watching Liverpool, and it's in me match report on the website, but what on earth was Cody Hackbo going to bring to our team? He's good, like he's a really good player. And obviously, slots into Liverpool's side, like, not a problem there. But it, we need midfielders. I had, I had this thought about Charles de Ketelet, you know, as well, and he was he was seen as the final piece of the jigsaw coming out of the... Uh, the Can summer, you imagine him up. and Brendan Aronson up front? Absolutely. Now we've seen... Well, Paul, Paul de Ketelet just crying and just completely hiding under... They wouldn't have gone on the pitch if Sean Dyche was near it. The stress of this battle. It's terrible. But yeah, it's kind of what were we... All the stress and flying to uh, the Netherlands to try and get Hakpo and yelling at them and screaming that we'll be back for him and all this. It was like, we didn't fucking need him. Look at the midfield that we've got. And the defence, Christ. I mean, and then... Um, I mean, McKenney does not seem to have been the solution to anything either. And there's a lot of kind of... Rutter, what what has he come for at this point? Is like why why is all this gone on? They all seem like they're all very very good players. Great, we've established that we're good at scouting hybrid striker wingers that are very expensive or really cheap. In Wolf Nianto's case, we don't need any more of them. We've got enough. Like we're we're stocked up. That's okay, unless. Luis Sinistera can be adapted to like a hard-working defensive midfielder. <laughs> it's gone a bit wrong. 
Can so, we can we have some? Um, so we had Dan James. It was like, can he play as a competent fullback? Dan James. Yeah. Yeah, he probably. I mean, he'd work his socks off, wouldn't he? He'd try. Bless him. Might not now. Although now that the bad man's gone, maybe he'd be like, oh yeah. So Jesse Marsh isn't here. The guy who chased me out to Fulham. And when he receives our Player of the Year award and realises how, yeah. lo- how yeah, lovely he is. Fans, well, we can get it engraved, can't we? With little scum bastard. <laughs> Player of the Year, Leeds United, 22-23. Hand that to him. Well, the, and then sort of take him aside and explain everything. The springboard for that is, is now getting Hero of the Week this week. So well done, Dan James, yeah? Yes. Congratulations. And that wraps up the uh, the weekly show for this time, doesn't it? At least we'll be talking about uh, victories next week when we do the weekly show. Because we've got two games, two victories, six points. Season finished, done and dusted. Do you say so? Thanks for watching and listening. We'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.